Hello, hello. Hey, up. What's up? What's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, priviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a terrific show for today. Team GB athlete Kimberly Woods joins the show. In canoe and kayak, she has 10 World Cup podiums. She'll be representing Great Britain at the 2021 Summer Games in Tokyo in the women's K-1. On today's episode, Kimberly shares with us the emotional ups and downs of the last year and how. On today's episode, Kimberly shares with us her emotional ups and downs of the last year and how during the unstable year, it was internal motivation that helped push her through. Kimberly also talks about her YouTube channel and how it's been documenting her exciting journey towards the next Olympic Games. And finally, she shares with us her podium results that make her the most proud, including one specific city in which she has had repeated success. I cherished the conversation with Kimberly. She has a magnetic personality, and she was very honest and candid in her answers. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on Team GB athlete Kimberly Woods, and let's learn. How have you handled the emotional ups and downs that come with the uncertainty of the last year? Oh, I mean, it has definitely been ups and downs. Um, bit of a roller coaster. You know, you get you get some good news, and then all of a sudden, there's something that kind of crashes it down. But um, trying to focus a little bit on myself and what I can control. Like I put something up on on my social media yesterday, actually, because starting to kind of feel not negativity, but this kind of weird, just this weird kind of vibe. That's that we're not quite there and some things are really holding us back we just want to get back to normal we want to get back competing traveling so all of that has been a little bit of a struggle with me loving racing absolutely thrive of competition i love traveling and seeing everyone and we've been really restricted with that and um which is a massive shame but quite understandable so it's been difficult but being open um and honest with myself as well as like the team around me has been a massive help. Yeah. A lot of athletes I talk to that they focus on what they can control. So for you, did you add new things that you could control because there was so much chaos around you that if increasing the amount of things you can control almost gives you that stability. So there were certain things that you were going to focus on controlling instead. Um, I, th- I mean, I've got loads of goals, um, mm. which helps me cause I'm really, um, goal orientated. I love feeling like I'm progressing and achieving and things like that. So for me, I had to come up with little, I guess, mini competitions for myself to feel like I am, was progressing. And um, one of the things is, is like a, I don't know, like a body weight goal or like hitting a certain number in the gym or trying to do a certain technique, um, little things like that. And I know I can control that. Yeah. And being adaptable is one of the things that I'm quite good at. So with all this craziness that was going on, it was kind of, oh, I can just adapt and do something different. Um, But it does take quite a toll when you're constantly having to adapt all the time. When you hit those landmarks and those goals, do you reward yourself or is it just the the satisfaction in general? A lot of it is just the satisfaction Mm -hmm. of knowing I've come so far from where I was. But Mm -hmm. the hardest bit is almost not being able to show it off. Mm-hmm. Like because of racing, you're able to show off your skills to other competitors, and like you obviously have that medal at the end of the race. Um, so not being able to do that has been hard. So I've had to find something 
um and what I figured out by myself I'm quite more I'm more internally driven now I think because I haven't had that outcome yeah kind of goal to grasp like the medal around my neck I don't have that um so I've thrived with all the years I have had it and tried to focus a little bit more on well what gives me satisfaction inside well that's really neat because that's going to be something that's going to be an asset for you with the rest of your life one positive coach during this journey has been your Labrador I know that's been a great sidekick for you. So what, what's your dog's yeah. name and how has that relationship been over the last year? Yeah, because I don't actually spend that much time at home. So it's been quite nice. And we've only had, um, so her name's Jessie. Mm -hmm. And she, we've only had her for about, it'll be coming three years um, this year, I think. Um, maybe two, I can't remember. <laughs> um, but we kind of got it off a, off a friend um, because they were dealing with loads of things family-wise. So they couldn't look after her. So we took her in. And yeah, she's an absolute nutcase. Like she just, when, if you put a ball in front of her, she just goes and goes and goes. Like she, dogs normally just get tired and stop. But no, she's tired. And you could quite obviously see that she's tired, but she just keeps going. And that energy is so like, oh, what's the word? infectious oh. like if you're feeling a bit grumpy and like tired after a morning session you just kind of take her for a walk and she's just so much energy and it's like you just enjoy watching it um and it's great for content as well <laughs> like everyone loves dogs <laughs> yeah. how have you adapted your training during the quarantine because i know for you getting out on the water is going to be something tough during the lockdown so were there certain things that you changed over the course of the last year and Maybe certain things that you had delayed. I know for a lot of athletes, this has been the one time flexibility has reigned supreme. So have there been certain ways you've adapted your training? I think when we found out that the games were postponed, it was like, you know what? We've got, we've got an extra year to get stronger. We've got an extra year to work on these little things. And probably out of the field um, that I will be against, I probably, hopefully, um, will gain the most out of the time we've got. Um, so we're quite fortunate that we were able to keep our places. So it could be like, right, we're just heads down. What can we do to help make the boat go faster? And yeah, with no racing, it was quite difficult, but there's been a lot of physical work. Um, it almost feels like we've had, what, 12, 14, 14 months of just winter training. <laughs> um, that's kind of what it feels like. And this is like really cold at the minute. So we're missing being away in warm weather. Um, but one thing we, the start of lockdown, we took each kind of say two, two weeks at a time. Um, we had no access to water because it was not allowed to go out. You only had to go out an hour for exercise. But then the National Federation said we weren't like paddling wasn't part of that because there's still a lot of risks for the general public if they wanted to go paddling like they can get in accidents and obviously that would then kind of put strain on the NHS. So that's the reason why they came to it. Um, so there was maybe two months when I wasn't in a boat, which is probably the longest I've been out of boat, which is quite difficult. <laughs> um, so getting back into it felt amazing, but we were only really loud on the canals. Um, but then thankfully in the summer it opened back up again and it felt more normal. Um, gym wise, luckily I got loads of gym equipment delivered at home so I was able to still keep my strength up and I'm one of the lucky ones um lucky athletes that don't have to do a lot of gym to get strong um it's just almost maintaining and 
when I am on a hard gym block, I can just go for it. Um, so there was a lot of adapting and home gym and a lot of fitness work. Favorite form of cardio is? Uh, bike. I don't like running at all. I know I've got to bring it back into my routine again, but um, it's a bit hard with the uh, icy cold weather. You just, you, it's easy to just get on your bike um, and you can do it at home as well. 10 podium finishes at the World Cup. Looking back on your career so far, which have been the results that make you the most proud? I probably have a couple and they're actually both at the same venue, which mm -hmm. is in Prague. Mm -hmm. I, I, I absolutely love the whole vibe it brings. Like It's a very popular sport in the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. um, so you get so many crowds and everyone cheers everyone. And the course itself is completely not opposite to what I love because I love big bouncy water, loads of features and things like that. Um, but this one is like quite small, narrow, quite, quite quick. And there's a lot of features, but it is so much fun. Um, so in 2017, mm -hmm. I, what, I can't even remember what happened now. Um, I won C1 yeah. um, in my canoe. And then I think the next day I, got a silver in my kayak which is the boat I'm going to the games in so that was my first ever senior medal which was like to me like whoa this is amazing I hadn't actually got a medal since then um in my <laughs> kayak because it is such a hard harder field um yeah. and then again it was 2019 in in Prague uh, with the C1 uh it was on my birthday so crazy vibe I was like feeling really good I'd done pretty well through the rounds and I was sitting on the fi um, final. I was last down because I'd won the semi-final and I was sitting at the blocks and I just remember, this is the feeling I'm really trying to hold on to for the next time I get on the start line. Um, and the world champion just been down like Jessica Fox, like she's just absolutely insane in, in the sport. Like she's the most su successful female paddler ever. Um, and she'd just been down, the crowd were going mental and the commentary was going crazy and there was, she'd put in a good time. And I think a few years before that, if I was sat on the start line, I'd be pretty nervous and almost scared. Be like, oh my God, am I going to be able to be there? I don't know. Um, but I was so up for it. I was so excited. If the camera was on me before it like zoomed to me, when I was about to go, I would be smiling and be like, yeah I've got this yeah. like it was almost a little bit cocky in a way <laughs> like I was really overly confident um and I went down and I did come second but it was 0.04 so that's mm. really tight that's literally like yeah. nothing um so I think that was probably mm. one of my favorite races ever just because of the vibes and not just the result it just everything that came together and I'm sure previous success there in Prague probably contributed to that. How about when you were in Prague? One of my favorite cities. Did you get a chance to explore? Yeah. Well, like every time we're there, we always go out because um, it's so easy to get around with the, with the trams and, and things like that. And we stay um, a little bit further away from the city because um, the course is like above the river. Yeah. Um, quite above, like above the center. 
so it's just, but you get one tram straight from right outside our um, hotel all the way in and it takes maybe 20 minutes so we always go in and go out for dinner and um, I love the goulash that's where I discovered goulash and it's amazing I love it and I, yeah the whole city is just insane I never realized that I would like goulash as much as I did I, tr- I had it for the first time in Budapest, which isn't far away, but I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. And that's it's, looking. It's almost like a wa- more warming beef stew. Like yeah. people need to try this. <laughs> they do. Physically, what's the hardest part about kayaking? What is the most physically demanding thing that I'd probably would be surprised to hear? Um, when you're a little bit offline, and but you probably won't even be able to tell if we're offline or anything, but um, when you're a little bit offline and you're having to fight against the water, that's probably the most physical demanded thing. You can put a run together where you're going with the war, everything's smooth and you don't get hold back. Um, but you never have a perfect run. There's always something that kind of holds you. Um, so when you are slightly offline and you have to constantly keep fighting, it can feel 10 times harder. Yeah. Um, so, I, and also with anything using the water can be physical, physically demanding as well depending on how big the water is. Yeah. What's the muscles or joints that are the most sore after a long training session? Probably the fo- the forearms for me mm, is yeah. what goes first. Um, and then almost like my back actually, because then you're, you're trying really hard to like sit up, get forward. And then as soon as a, you start the run, really good posture. And then towards the end of it, you kind of slouch a little bit further down. And yeah. <laughs> um, so it, that's quite hard to, to maintain. And that's something I'm actually still, still working on and probably will be for a while. Yeah. I think as humans, we have a tendency to slouch even when we get in our cars yeah. and whatnot. How about mentally? You mentioned you got to be online. There's a lot of things that are, you got to be aware of. You got to be aware of the water, your own physical body. You got to make sure you're not slouching all these things. So mentally, how do you get yourself in the right frame of mind before a race? I kind of like find this fire inside of me um, and, I, and the adrenaline just to really pump me up and get me ready. Um, and it is funny that we, we talk about this because I was listening to another podcast the other day, um, which has my teammate member in it. And they were talking about how much my sport is m- so much more mental than physical when it comes to actual race day um all the physical stuff um happens in training and you're building up to that but as soon as it comes to race day if you haven't got that mental i guess capacity to to stick to your cues and your plan the whole way down but you're physically fit and everything then it's it's out the window because you can't think about what what you need to do in that moment your youtube channel is Kimberly Woods. So what can visitors of the channel expect? It is very in and out. I think the channel, I, I wouldn't say I find it hard to find content. Um, but it is hard at the minute when like I, I started to put videos up more recently last year and it was about my training camps, how training's going, um, for Tokyo and visits like to heat chambers and things like that. Almost like just an insight to what it's like going to my first Olympic games. Um, I'm also doing a series of vlogs for Team GB um, called Destination Tokyo, which will be similar in terms of um, the journey to Tokyo. Um, there'll be a few more exclusives in that um, 
just around the Team GB environment. Um, because of rules and things like that around the games, it has to be kind of like in those. But that's why I try and figure out what I can do um, on my own channel. So some of it's, so the most recent one is like a chin-up challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes back which, to your forearms and your back muscles. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's gone down really well. I was really surprised at um, how, many, how much feedback I got from that. So that got me thinking more, like, oh, mate, what else can I do? Um, so it'll be training, um, my competitions and stuff whenever we get back to competitions, um, and also life beyond on, um, from Tokyo. I am keen to get people in on those, on those vlogs. Um, but just kind of like a bit of fun, really. Um, I'm not really out there to make a living off it. It's just kind of showing people what I do and hopefully gain more interest um, out there in the sport. And paddling's gone up, like it increased so much in the past year, um, which is incredible. And I just want people to now kind of like shift their focus to slalom and like get really interested in that. And then maybe we can get volunteers and like things like that. I just want the sport to build and be so much bigger than what it is now. We're six months away, which is probably amazing to hear. That's a, such a small number. So what's the timeline for you? What's the preparation? I know you said events may or may not happen. We don't really know on that, but what's the general timeline for you in preparation for Tokyo? Um, so hopefully things haven't been fully confirmed, but um, there is a calendar in place. Uh, hopefully in end of March, um, beginning of April, we'll be out in Tokyo for the first time since November um, twenty. 19 um so it's been a long time since we've been out there i've even still got boats out there um which have been out there the whole time and i i miss paddling them but um so yeah camp at beginning of april and then a camp each month um until the games there's still question whether we will come home from the last camp because i think we only have around 10 days but that 10 days is like a lot of media yeah um, some send-off things with friends and family. So hopefully we'll be able to come home and do all that. Um, we also have a kitten out day where we get all of our Olympic kit, which I'm really, really excited for. Yeah. I was really excited to see the design last year. Um, but it, it obviously all blew up, but um, it was postponed. So we were like, I'll have to wait another year to find out what it is. Um, it's always an exciting day. Um, so I'm really looking forward to finding out what it looks like, um, whether it's similar to Rio or London. Um, I mean, we never know because there's so many brilliant minds out there. Yeah. You have absolutely no idea what they've come up with. Um, but yeah, and then hopefully we will get back to racing end of April is when we have a national race. It's actually the team selections. Thankfully, I'm already pre-selected um, in my Olympic class and also in my second class, um, I'm the Olympic reserve. So thankfully the Olympic boat and the Olympic reserve are already pre-selected. So there's only one more space left, which will be really competitive. Um, so they're doing that at the end of April. It was going to be the end of March, but they postponed it. Um, and then the senior euros are going to be in May, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then we've got, I think there's two world cups, but I think I'll only be doing one just because I think where it falls in with the um, training camp. So hopefully a training camp a month from April and also a race in May and 
June and then we're out there, I think two weeks before the race of the Games. Well, lots of activity leading into the event and leads to the question of how do you balance it? What I mean is the Olympics, they're no different than some of the other events that you've done. Mm-hmm. However, they're completely different from all the events you've done with all the hoopla. So how do you go in there focusing on the event, knowing this is just no different than the World Cups I've done in Prague, but also this is awesome. I get to see these amazing Olympians. I get to be part of Team GB and I have all these other obligations to do. How do you balance that? Because that is a feat in itself. I think, yeah, it's a lot of hype. But So last year, not last year, year before, um, 2019. and No, wait, let me think. I have no idea what year it is. Um, no, last year. So um, if COVID wasn't about, we would have had the senior Europeans um, in May. And that would have brought home crowds, that mm-hmm. extra little bit of like oomph, I guess, um, which would have prepared us really nicely for the games when you've got big crowds and things like that. Unfortunately, we don't actually have the home Euros anymore. Um but from all the experience that I've had, I mean, I'm only 25, but I've had so much experience. I've been on um, the TV teams for 10 years now, mm. which I only just did the maths. I was like, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, I was 15 when I first went on to the teams as a junior. And then actually in 2012, I made the senior team. So I've had all of this experience already. And you, you do go into each, I say, championships um, saying this is just this is just another race. It's just another race. And you almost you're trying to convince yourself. But I feel like the last um, couple of years of racing, I don't need to do that anymore. Um, I still get those kind of thoughts when it gets to championships. For some reason, I have this weird thing of the first run of the championships always seems to have this extra little... Um, like nerves and mm-hmm. worries and things like that and I never do well in the first run I've almost convinced myself that I don't do well in that first round yeah. um I get I get through on the second round most of the time um but I know actually the Olympics it will be insane no matter what Covid restrictions there are it will be absolutely massive and I think for me I need to channel that in I need to like use it to fuel me um and I did that actually at a home world cup in 2019 I remember the semi-final of one of my races I was so nervous I hated being there I did not want to be there and I was like why do I not want to be here I was actually really upset in the start on the start pool and then thankfully I actually got through the final the final run after I like spoke to my psych and things like that that final run I looked around and I saw all the crowds, all the like UK flags, all the GB flags, things like that. And I smiled myself. I went, this is amazing. And I think if I can channel that, a bit like it, like I did in, in, in Prague later that year, if I can channel that and use that and then like zone in, I think I can be in a really good place. And I'm, I'm even really excited about it now. You look excited right now. I can tell you're feeling it right now. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for it as well. On the water or off the water, what do you think is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year? Um, when I think back to like where I was this time last year, um, I mean, one, I was really super excited for the games and the build-up. It was all going to go really quick, and we're all a bit like, oh, this is going to go too quick. We can't really in, like soak it in and enjoy it. And I've learned to appreciate 
being at home, for example, because I home used to just be a place where I, like I used to go out, train, used to eat and just sleep. It never really felt like a home. Um, I, I live with, with my other half's family. So it's quite a lot of us in the house and we're all like over the age of 22, I think. So there's a lot of us in the house and with two pets, a cat and a dog, <laughs> it can get quite overwhelming. But um, it just used to be a place where I just slept. But over lockdown, I got used to it, made it more homely and it I appreciated being at home. I never really missed home. Um, I think just because of childhood growing up, it was like, I just want to be away. Like, that's where I like loved my time. And now I think the next time I go away, I'm like, you know what? I actually miss home. I miss being on my home bed. Um, so I think I've, I've learned to appreciate home, appreciate the little things. And one of the biggest things I, I did, I guess, in this last year was speak about my mental health journey. And that was absolutely like, like my mind's blowing the fact that I was, did that. This time last year, I'd be like, no, I'm never going to talk about it. Like maybe like to little groups and things like that. Never did I think come August, I would be on the BBC <laughs> talking about it. Yeah. Like, like to me, I'm like, whoa, I have come so far. And even the last couple of weeks, like I've struggled a bit with training, like just being tired and COVID happening. And I've been so open about what is going up in my mind. And that's really helped offload. And I can just focus on training. I don't have to be like, oh, like so much is going on in my head. Do I tell them? No, I shouldn't. I should just keep it to myself. I don't. I mean, I still have those thoughts of, do I tell them? And I had it actually last uh, um, yesterday, yesterday morning, I was really struggling in the session and I didn't have my normal coach. And I kind of said, do I, do I be honest with him? Like, I'm not sure. And I just said outright what the issue was. And afterwards it didn't play on my mind anymore because it was out there in the open and like the coaches knew and so much has changed in that sense. I'm so much more honest and I'm open with myself. I'm open with other people as well. I think it, a problem shared is, is a problem halved. I always, when I used to hear that when I was younger, I'd be like, well, what do you mean? And now yeah, it yeah. just makes so much sense. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I admire that. I admire your progression on that. How can people follow along the journey to Tokyo 2021? I'm going to say that again because that is such a wonderful sentence. The <laughs> journey to Tokyo 2021, six months away. Six months away, Kimberly. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how can people follow along that journey? Um, I mean, follow me on my social medias. I'm going to be trying to put everything up. I love social media for helping other people. I don't like it for what the stigma <laughs> it, it kind of brings sometimes, but I'm not about that. And I'm generally pretty open and honest with it. Um, yeah, Instagram, YouTube. I'm not so much big on Twitter, but I am on Twitter. Um, I'm actually on TikTok as well now. That's the new thing. Um, and I'm posting a few videos. I'm posting a few different kind of stuff that I put up on my Instagram. So to keep it a little bit different and kind of draw people to different places. And yeah, and my YouTube as well. Yeah. And the Team GB YouTube, because there'll be series of blogs as well. And you can follow other people's journeys. Because um, I think that when it comes to the games, it's going to bring the whole world together. It's not just going to bring like the UK or any individual countries. It's going to bring everyone together. And it is that light at the end of this mm -hmm. very long tunnel. 
I think it might be the most appreciated Olympics. It's going to be a celebration for for the planet. And yeah, great follow. Lots of chin-ups and lots of stuff with Jess the dog. So this is brilliant. Yes. (laughs) um, So this was fantastic. This was awesome. Oh, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. I felt like I was just having a normal chat. And it's <laughs> been a while since I've talked to someone else that isn't part of um, the team and stuff. So, yeah, it's really <laughs> nice to meet you. Thank you so much for today, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, and take care. All right, bye, Kimberly. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Kimberly. Be sure to give her a follow on Instagram, Kimberly Woods. Kimberly spelled K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Also check out her YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff there. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Aviento.